Good morning. Welcome. Good to see each and every one of you. Let me offer a few announcements before we begin our worship service. <clears throat> Excuse me. A reminder that the uh, there will be that the church, our church, will be hosting a district-wide um, speaker on Tuesday night at seven o'clock. And I hope and pray we'll have good showing from our church. He, there's information in the bulletin. He's written ten books and and uh, about church and the way things have changed and are changing and maybe need to change anyway he's the district is sponsoring this and it's open to all laity of the district that's at seven o'clock here in this sanctuary tuesday night a reminder that the officer list are now posted for review uh, for 2014 these will be acted on at the charge conference uh, charge conference is monday a week from monday at seven o'clock all officers committee chairs are expected to attend. In the bulletin today, we left out who the anthem, what the anthem is. The anthem is, I See the Morning Bre Breaking by Wagner. I See the Morning Breaking by Wagner. And Jessica wanted us to remind all of you, if you'd like to be part of the Christmas choir that, that sings every cr Christmas, rehearsals will begin uh, October the 16th. That's this, that's this Wednesday, right? October 16th. And they will meet um, 7.30 8.30 in the choir room. And you don't have to read music to join in the choir. So I hope that you'll uh, consider being part of the Christmas choir. Let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. Grant that we, your people, by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, so that Christ may be known. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated and let any children, young minds come forward that'd like to. Good morning. Good morning. They said the song was really quick. <laughs> okay, well, y'all did a good job getting up here. Okay. All right. I sent a gift. A friend of ours is having a baby, and I sent a gift to them, some clothes for the new baby. It's not quite here yet, but I sent some clothes to her. So what do you think she sent me back? What do you think this is? Yeah, it's a thank you note, right? If I can get it open. Okay, and inside of it, this is what the front of it says. It says thank you, and inside of it, it says thank you so much for the wonderful gift. The baby will really enjoy it, right? Something like that. Have you guys ever gotten a thank you note? Yeah, have you ever sent one? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Well, good, good. Did you, did it make you feel special to get thanked? Did you like being thanked for something that you sent, something that you did? Yeah, it's nice to be thanked for something that you do. When um, sometimes, uh, what I'm trying to, not sometimes, all the time I'm, I'm trying to teach Anna how to say please and thank you now. And so sometimes if somebody gives her something, I kind of have to say, what do you say? What do you say? Thank you, right? Yeah. So won't make her do it because I don't think she'll even talk. But um, yeah, so we try to teach each other how to say thank you and please and those things because it is really nice when you get thanked. Today, our story is coming from Luke 17, and it's a story about lepers, okay? Do you know what a leper is? L-E-P-E-R. Well, not a leopard. That's a... 
Yeah, leopards. Yeah, that's kind of like a tiger, right? Some, yeah. Some leopards are mean. Yeah, they, they can be mean, you're right. But a leper, L-E-P-E-R. Have you guys ever heard of one of those? Okay. Yeah, somebody that has leprosy. And leprosy is a disease. And it's a disease that can cause sores to be all over your body. So it's not really a disease you want, right? don't really want that. Um, and in Jesus' day, what they did was they would kind of, they would keep them apart from everybody because they were considered unclean because nobody else wanted to get it, all right? So one day, Jesus was walking through a small village when he saw a group of 10 lepers. They stood far away from Jesus and they called to him and they said, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Obviously, they knew who Jesus was and that he had power to heal them. When Jesus heard them, he called back to the lepers and he said, Go and show yourself to the priest. As the lepers went on their way to see the priest, they looked at their skin. And guess what? Where do you think the sores? you think the sores were still there or you think they were gone? They were gone, right? Jesus had healed them. He had healed their diseases. Do you think they were happy or sad about that? They were ecstatic. And they ran up and down the street singing and dancing. And suddenly, one of them stopped, one of them stopped, and went back. And praising God with a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he said, Thank you. And Jesus said to him, Now, weren't there ten of you who were healed? Where are the other nine? Only one out of the ten remembered to say thank you. So if we, do you, would you guys rather be the nine people that forgot or the one person that remembered? That's right, okay? So that's what we're going to strive to be. God does so much for us that we need to be that one person that remembers to say thank you, okay? Sound like a good idea? What's an easy way to say thank you to him? Yeah, by praying. And a real easy way is like when, you're, when you sit down to eat your breakfast or your lunch or your dinner, saying thank you for this food. That's a simple way of doing it to him. And that's the simple way that I'm teaching her how to do it. Say thank you for this food, Father. That's simple. Does that sound good? You think you can do this, that this week? Okay, good, good. All right, can you guys pray with me? All right, bow your heads. And I'll say it and you just listen, okay? Dear Lord, you give us everything we need, but we often forget to say thank you. We thank you now and ask you to help us to remember to give thanks every day for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from 2 Timothy, the second chapter, verses 8 through 15, as written by the Apostle Paul. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. 
Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Let us bow our heads. O God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, how awesome are your deeds. Hear us as we make a joyful noise and sing the glory of your name. As we seek to present ourselves before you as workers for your coming realm. Receive us in what we bring, which is given humbly to you for praise. In the midst of our thanksgiving and praise, we must confess and acknowledge that we have not lived as thankful people. Despite all your graciousness to us, the leprosy of sin still clings to us. When we do works of mercy, we look to others instead of to you. We need to give thanks to you for the grace we've received. Instead, we take your love for granted. Oh God, this day forgive our sin. Wipe out our shortcomings. Transform us from within that we might learn all over again to love what you do and to be grateful for how you work in our life. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, many have been given insight to proclaim your witness in spite of hardship. We know that your word is not chained. And so, O oh Lord, we pray that you'd unleash that same power in us that we might remain faithful even as you are faithful. Hear us as we pray for those who suffer this day. Comfort those who suffer from disease which afflicts the body. Enlighten those in despair. Raise up those who are bowed down. Oh God, we pray that you'd remove the afflictions of all those we have listed on our prayer list and those that we name in our hearts now. And help us if by your will they may not be removed, let us see that we are also blessed in our deprivations. Give them and us a power to endure. Help us to accept your good and perfect will. Remind us that we're not alone. You are with us. We give thanks, O oh God, for all you have done. And we give thanks for all you will do as we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We believe that giving is an act of worship. So let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
Please be seated. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. Give attention to these words. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when Jesus saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked him, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then Jesus said to the man, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, it is always a privilege anytime and everywhere to be able to come and to, to worship you, O Lord, to speak to you, to sing our praises, to hear your words of guidance to us. So now may the Holy Spirit help us to understand for our day and time. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, you know, we're so far removed from leprosy in, in our first world that we don't really understand how hideous a disease it is. It was about 10 times worse than HIV AIDS. These people were under a sentence of death. No one could come near them. No one could touch them. Uh, in fact, lepers were forced not only to live apart, but whenever someone did draw near them, they were required to ring little bells to announce their presence, to warn others away. And so as Jesus enters this village, mindful of the fear that others had of them, they call out to Jesus from a distance, Jesus, have mercy on us. Master, have mercy upon us. What a desperate call that must have been. I can't even imagine the desperate hope that caused them to call out. Maybe they had heard of this Jesus. And in their condition, they were willing to call upon anyone, anywhere, who might could help them. And Jesus, He responds. Even to them, He responds. He does so, though, in a kind of an unusual manner. But the first thing I want you to see here is this, that anyone, anytime, anywhere can call out to Jesus. And Jesus will hear them. You know, Jesus did not say to them, be healed. I, I can imagine that when He said go, 
and show yourselves to the priest, that when they first heard that first word go, I could imagine their hearts might have sunk again, thinking, oh, he wants us to go away too. But then he added something which is important. He says, show yourselves to the priest. And it helps if we know a little bit about religion of the day. Jesus was referring to Leviticus chapter 14, verses 2 and 3 in what we call the Old Testament, which specifies what a priest is to do if a leper comes to him and claims that he is now healed. And if a leper has been healed, he still was required for readmission into society for a, to be certified clean by a priest. Still, Jesus' command to the ten lepers, I think, is still a bit confusing. They have asked to be healed, but Jesus does nothing for them but tell them to go and act as if they are healed, to go and present themselves as if they were normal. And that's the second thing I want you to see, I think is important in this scripture, is that acting in faith often requires us to act before we see any results, and it often uh, requires us to do some strange things. Go and act like you're healed. Go see the priest. And yet, despite the unusual response of Jesus, they do and go. They do go. And as they run away, healing occurs. As they act in faith, the healing occurs. And one of the ten turns back and praises God with a loud voice. And he thanks Jesus profusely. And Jesus looks upon him and he says something again that sounds a little strange to our ears. And that is this. He says, we're not ten. Were there not ten of you? We're, we're not all ten healed. Where are the other nine? Uh, was none of them able to return and and thank God. You know, it's almost a rhetorical question, and I, I can't kind of think it might have been, considering we know that the Lord knew, the Lord knew what was going to happen. But then, at the end of that, instead of answering those questions, he says something else that's again kind of strange. He says, get up and go on your way. Again, the go and he says, your faith has made you well. Now here is where if we were in the society of that day and understood the original Greek, we would know that the word used there that we say is well in English means to have been saved, to receive salvation. So here is a third thing I want you to see. An attitude of gratitude is always the right move. It's always the right move. So here in this story, we have the opportunity to see faith a little differently than we might normally see it. We have the opportunity to see faith at work as something that leads us to a life that is more than just normal. And we have the opportunity to see faith as nothing more difficult and as nothing more profound 
than simply remembering what God has done and giving thanks to God for it. Think about that. Faith as described here by Jesus is nothing more difficult and nothing more profound than simply remembering what God has done and giving thanks to Him for it. One of my favorite authors, and who he's now uh, infirmed and cannot write anymore, but his name's Robert Capon, and he wrote many books. He's a, he was an Episcopal priest, and he wrote a book called Parables of Grace. And in it, when he commented on this scripture, he, he said, let's think about it this way. He says, the ten lepers are all dead people. Just like we were till we found Jesus Christ. Whether you're talking physically, spiritually, or socially, they're dead. Yes, they'd love to get healed, which in this context means they'd love to get raised from the dead and return back home to some kind of normal life. And you know that's all really that they wanted. That's all that most people want. It's that's all they really ever desire. It's just a chance to... to get back home and be like everyone else and be normal. Just, I just want everything to be back to normal. You ever said that yourself? Boy, I just wish things would get back to normal. All these nine wanted to do was to go home, start over again, do what everybody else had been doing, go off to school or drive to work on Mondays, attend synagogue on Friday night, maybe meet somebody, you know, nice and start a family and have normal, ordinary kids and normal, ordinary neighborhood. and Who could blame them? Who could blame them for wanting normal? Who could blame them for wanting normalcy after the life that they have been living? And yet this one comes back. He comes back because he saw his healing for what it was. He saw it as something more than just a chance to get back to normal. He saw it as resurrection. I have been, I have risen from the dead. The other nine, they do go in obedience. So we have to give them credit for that. They acted faithfully and they take off in a hurry, anxious to see what's going to happen, anxious to get on with life, anxious to be living like everyone else, anxious to return to normal. And they go away and they don't return because they just want to have life like everybody else. And you can't really blame them. But the tenth one, the one, this single one, he is, not such, he is in not such a big hurry to forget how bad it was before Jesus came along. He is not in such a hurry to forget how bad it is or was before he was, you know, he, he, just, he just wants to wait a minute and think about it and experience what great grace has occurred in his life. He's not in such a big hurry just to go back to the way life was before leprosy. He realizes something important. He realizes that the hand of God has indeed touched him. And that Jesus has the power to raise him from the dead. That Jesus is the giver of salvation. 
Yes, and he was a Samaritan. The, the best way to equate that in your understanding is just say he's a pagan. He's outside the fellowship. He's not in the church. He's not a professing believer. And yet he realizes how unusual, how out of the ordinary, how exceptional this is, what God has done. And he returns and gives thanks. His thanksgiving is called faith by Jesus, a faith that saves. Think about that. His thanksgiving is his ticket to a resurrected life with God eternally. How many of us, I, I know I've done this, how many of us have made vows to God that, God, if you'll just do something, if, if God, you'll just do what this is that I want, that in return I, I'll do whatever you want, God. And then promptly those vows are, are forgotten as our lives return to normal. How many of us have had an experience of, of divine grace only to forget that experience shortly afterwards as if we've never encountered grace at all in our life? How many of us have had an experience of knowing that God is truly out there, that God truly cares, and yet we go on living with our lives like normal people, like those who've never known the grace of God? How many of us have been in trouble? How many of us have been despaired? How, how many of us have experienced a, an event that, that causes us to lose all hope almost, and then all of a sudden our hope is regained from the touch of the Divine One? And, but then a couple days later we, we fail to treat each day as an incredible gift from God. We just go on about our normal life. I fear, I, feel, I, I fear that all too many of us, how all, all too many times we have been guilty of that. We, we, we are very happy, like the nine, to just to renew our normal lives and we forget God in the equation. What a shame. What a shame to have met Jesus. Think about it. What a shame to have met Jesus, the Lord and giver of life, and then to come away from that meeting with nothing more than our health being back to normal. <laughs> what a shame to have met Jesus, the risen Christ, the one who takes us and embraces us just as we are, the one who forgives us and gives us his resurrection power, and come away from that meeting, that encounter with the divine, with nothing more than normal. Our faith is not about how to live a normal life. Our faith is about how God touches us, how Christ embraces us, and how we respond to that offer to raise our dead life to new life. The offer to transform us from ordinary into the blessedness of the extraordinary. Our faith is about the blessedness of knowing that God's hand and heart is in each and every moment of our day. And being grateful. 
One day Jesus healed ten lepers. Of them, nine went away to return to their normal lives. But one of them, one of them, turned back towards Jesus. And in a loud voice, praised God and fell at his feet realizing that he had been resurrected from the dead. He had been made whole. He had been saved. He experienced resurrection, not just normalcy. And he was indeed grateful. How about us? Amen. always know the blessings of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the blessed eternal Holy Trinity, one God now and forever. Amen.